Hello, welcome to Shoot First, Talk Later with me, Robert Gershenson. This time round, we have Wayne Dessing. He is the founder of areyoucomingout.com, which acts as a, an archive of coming out stories um, as a way of giving support to people who are not yet out in the LGBT community. We've done the shooting, now let's do the talking. Hello, Wayne. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm really good, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming in. That's okay. Nice to be here. Well, good to have you here. Um, so, we met at the, well, just before the, the launch party last year. Yeah, so we um, we launched our application to become a registered charity last July, um, and we met there. Um, since then, a lot has um, a lot has happened. The main mm-hmm. thing being that I coming out is now a registered charity with the Charities Commission, which is absolutely amazing. How long ago did you? How long ago did you set it up? What did you, what's the origin story? What's the? How did Wolverine get his claws? Okay, let's go right back, right back to the start. So, um, are you coming out? Started. Um, started its life actually as a piece of a4 paper with my friend andy's coming out story on there old school old very old school so i was a youth worker at the time working for the nhs back in the midlands in Mm -hmm. my hometown of burton on trent and i was working with um a young lad who came out to me so i was the first person that he'd come out to In, in in your job in my job okay yeah yeah so he'd not told anyone else before um he he'd got to the point where he knew that he was gay and um he felt comfortable enough to to tell me in one of our uh, one-to-ones so i i'd already come out so i kind of thought that this would be a bit of a breeze for me to support this this kid with his coming out and i very quickly um realized that i i didn't really know what what to tell him how to support him how to make him feel like things would be okay hmm. um you know it's it's okay me sitting there you know being out a few years with you know gay friends and being happy with who i am and comfortable in my own skin and saying to him well you know it, it will get easier you know it will get better it will get better <laughs> um and you know i genuinely meant that but it it didn't really strike a chord with him it didn't really have any substance or you know he I, I couldn't really prove that in any way. You know, it's something that anyone would say, isn't it? Like, oh, you know, don't worry, things will never, things are never as bad as they, as you think they're going to be. Um, so I kind of felt like, you know, if I was to share my experience of coming out, if I was to go right back to the start of my coming out journey and explain to him how I had those similar anxieties and worries and concerns, and you know, I was, um, I got upset and I got withdrawn and I was disengaged from my friends, you know, all the things that he was experiencing that he could, you know, relate to that and see that, okay, you know, this guy who's sitting here in front of me telling me that everything's going to be okay. He knows where I'm coming from because he's, you know, he's shown me, he's told me that he's, he was once in the place where, where I am now. Um, so then I realized that, you know, one story wasn't enough. And that was when I asked my friend Andy, who I went to university with, um, who is also gay, to write his coming out story and email it to me, which became this printed off piece of A4 paper, which to I to show sh- the kid to show him, yeah. And you know, How he old was he the kid? Um, seventeen at the time, okay. yeah. Um, so he read it. Um, you know, connected with various parts of it. He connected with various parts of parts of my story as well. <laughs> it's your hand, all right? Uh, yep, yeah, banging the table. Um, and it just kind of a light kind of went off in my head and I was like okay so this is you know what if I get another story what if I get another story what if I get 10 stories then surely there'll be bits of each story that he can he can take and you know they will you know there's aspects of those stories will help him feel better about his his future and then 
that's where the idea from the from the website came. And how long ago was that? So this was 2012. So March 2012 was when um, I registered the website so and, that's quite recent. and launched it. Quite four years. Yeah, I mean, it sounds. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds recent, but it in 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 another way, it feels like I've been working on are you coming out for for a lifetime as yeah. well. But um, but what, yeah, quite what recent. was in place? But, but I mean, it, it's I, I think are you coming out is is great. I, I would have loved to have something like that when I was struggling with my sexuality in the 90s. I know I don't look old enough, <laughs> but um, what what was in place for for youth workers work, working in the NHS as well? What resources did you have? So, okay, so I think the thing that there, there's lots of support out there for people that are struggling with their sexuality. You know, I'm not saying that I coming out is, um, you know, the first. Um, resource to help anyone who's struggling with being LGBT but I think the difference between what I've, I've tried to do with Are You Coming Out and the other forms of support that are out there is that you don't have to come out to anyone in order to access the support so so before I set the website up um, what I would have done is um, signpost young people to um, you know maybe phone lines or, or helplines or um, you know, maybe a teacher or a close friend. And, and I would encourage that person to kind of open up to someone, whether that's a stranger or someone that's close to them in their lives. Now, obviously, in order to do that, whether that's a stranger on the phone or, or your mum or your dad or, or your best best friend, it involves a certain amount of, of coming out to that person. Now, if you need support around the process of coming out, then it kind of defeats the object by saying to someone, in order to access this support you are going to have to come out well okay that's where i need the support in the first place so what i wanted to do with are you coming out was to create a resource where a young person struggling with their sexuality or gender identity could log on read some stories from people that had been in exactly the same situation and then log off and then a week later log back on again read a little bit more and then log back off again you know and over a period of time get to a point where they feel confident that actually their life won't be miserable you know it won't end badly when they come out to someone you know so essentially they're they're finding this information in an anonymous way yeah definitely you don't you know you don't have to log on there's no password you don't have to register um, everything on the website is age appropriate so you know any young person of any age can um, can access the site i make sure that the stories are always appropriate to you know to the readership so so yeah it's kind of like I, the way I see it is, it, you know, initially when I when I set it up, um, it's a very one-sided way of getting support without having to kind of open yourself up to to the person that's providing that support to you. Um, and I know from you know from from myself from growing up and and realizing I was gay from about fifteen or, or sixteen, that's the kind of support that I would have accessed. I never spoke to anyone. I never spoke to a teacher. I never spoke to you know, family member, never kind of f even phoned. I would never have phoned a helpline because, I, you know, I, even though I knew I wouldn't know the person on the end of the phone, I I would have been scared to kind of, you know, say those words out loud to someone because I wasn't ready to kind of say them to myself yet. So we're of a, we're of a similar age, aren't we? Um, I'm 35 soon. I'm 33 next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I look younger. <laughs> you do. Um, so we're of a similar age. So did did you not have support in other areas of the internet? If if I just take myself as as an example, I used to go onto 
um, AOL chat rooms back in the day when AOL had chat rooms and and chat to people in the, the gay and lesbian one and Gaydar had the Hertfordshire uh, had the, uh, the Hertfordshire chat room and the London chat room so just chat to people there and you know obviously there'd be people just offering sex and whatnot but eventually you chat to people who are in a similar boat or can give you advice and in a way that was completely anonymous as well was that not an option for you um no not for me i mean when i when i went to um to uni the internet was it was a thing it was you know we had our university email logons which were you know, really catchy addresses like Desi W8754 at whatever, whatever. But it was, you know, for me, it was a very, very much the start of the of the internet age. So, I so mean, you went to university in. I uh, started ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, and graduated in two thousand and two. So. Oh God. Okay. Okay. okay and also, you know, I'm I, I'm not the most kind of, you know, technologically minded person anyway. So mm. for me, sending an email was probably the most. That I could really do at that at that stage, um, and again, you know, from from my personal experience and knowing the kind of person I was at university, I don't think I was ready yet to to admit to myself that, that I was gay. And in order to even anonymously chat to someone online, I think you have to be at that point where you've kind of come to terms with that yourself. Because obviously, if, if you haven't, then there's no way you can start to talk to someone else about it, whether anonymous or not. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I do think chat rooms are, you know, an, an online kind of support. It is great, but obviously, you know, it's got its, its risks as well. You know, you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. You, you know, they might be giving you certain advice um, to lead you down one way. And, you know, it's it's not the safest, I guess. It's not the safest way of, of getting support from someone that you don't know. Um, so if we if we go all the way back to the the origin story of you when do you first realize that you might not be like the other boys so again not to sound like the cliched coming out story mm. and you know i've read hun- hundreds and hundreds of stories that i've been sent and I imagine you just read nothing but <laughs> yeah and you know it, it helps because i'm quite nosy and i like i like reading about people's lives so for me this is it's it's perfect it's a perfect thing for me to do um, you know, not to sound like a cliche, um, I I probably didn't realise at the time, but looking back, so this is often what, what is, you know, in many of the coming out stories that I read and, and publish on the site. I didn't know at the time, but looking back, I probably knew um, around about 15, you know, when I was watching things like oh, wow. Quantum Leap and Fancying Sam, maybe, but not really understanding that's what, you know, that's what it was. Yeah, I think also I was probably was it the white onesie that he wears in the in the in the. I titles? think that's probably yeah, and his hairy chest maybe I don't know. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I think these things you realise maybe when you get older, you know. And at yeah. the time, you've got nothing to to compare it to. So for me, I just thought that you know, getting to thirteen and fourteen and fifteen and sixteen and and not really having any strong feelings towards girls, I just thought, okay, well, some of some of my friends have got girlfriends, others haven't. So you know, maybe I'm just you know not not there yet maybe that's not really on my radar yet and it's something I'll think about when I'm I'm a little bit older and because I didn't really have anything to compare it to I I didn't just think okay well that that means that I'm gay I thought okay I have these you know at the time strange feelings about guys but again I didn't know whether that was just a natural part of growing up where you know you're looking at you know the older 
boys in school you know in sixth form and then when you get to uni you're looking at older people and you know whether that's just looking up to them and thinking oh they're cool or you know they've got good hair or actually I fancy them you know I can remember when I was a kid I was handing out do you remember when you were a kid like if you had a birthday party everyone was invited you invite yeah. the whole class whether you knew them or not yeah you, whether you liked them invite. or not it was just like it was the culture invite all invite I mean, invite more people get more presents yeah so um I remember handing out the invitations and do you remember from, from like Smith's or Woolworths, you could buy a pack of party invitations with like balloons and clowns on them. You just filled out the relevant, like the date and the name. So yeah, I, had those yeah. and I was handing them out and I remember getting really tongue tied, giving this invitation to this kid called Wesley and I, I couldn't get my words out. All I did was just drop the invitation next to him and just sort of scutter away. It's only years later that I realised I fancied the pants off this kid. And that was when I was eight. Eight years old. But I don't have any memory of being conscious of what gay was until I went to secondary school. Until I was 11. I've always found that quite... Yeah, and it's really odd. And it is it is odd, but also it makes complete sense because, you know, when we're growing up, especially, you know, the messages that we're receiving now from the media and from our teachers and, and you know, from society in general, you know, are changing and, 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 you know, LGBT issues are being spoken about a lot more. But if you think back to when, when we were at school, um, the idea of you having those feelings about another boy that that conversation would not have been had with, with you or you would not have heard that conversation being, you know, being no, had when, anywhere. When I was so, a kid, my mum would always say, well, when you grow up and you get married and you have kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was never, it, I mean, it wasn't even like when you grow up and be happy. It was like when you grow up and get married and have kids. Yeah. It wasn't a case of, you know, you've got to make your own choice. It's like your future's already plotted out for you. Exactly. And, and I don't, I don't know if that, I mean, I, I really should ask my, my friends, I don't know if that's a, a secular thing or a, a, an ethnic culture thing, but I'm Jewish. So the kind of given is that you grow up, you get married to a nice Jewish girl from northwest London, and then you, you know, make more babies. So I'm um, half Indian and half English. So, so, yeah, you know, my dad was Indian, but I was brought up in a household that was very English, very, you know, westernized. Um, my dad was born in this country. So, you know, English was the language that we spoke in the house. Um, but, you know, I would go to family events, family weddings, that, you know, Indian weddings, they're not just they an afternoon, days, they last they? for days, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you know, the, the general kind of feeling was that, you, you know, you, you get married and you get married probably, you know, I would say a, maybe a lot younger then a lot of my friends would get married so late teens or um, early 20s yeah maybe i mean it it, it varies and, and like i said with my with my family there was never really any kind of expectation put on anyone really and i think i was very lucky you know to be to be brought up in a family that that had those very kind of um liberal views i think um but yeah it was always at the back of my mind that um you know it would probably be a lot harder for me to come out knowing that you know my that, that I'm half Indian and that half my family and you know relatives are are Indian so it was always a worry for me um but you know a worry that was kind of that didn't really go anywhere because my family were, were all great so you know again it's just that idea of having these these worries that you 
you, you can't even consider that the outcome will be anything other than awful and dreadful and that your life will be over. What did you imagine? Um, exactly that. I imagined that I would... Well, I mean, first of all, I just didn't think that I'd ever come out. So I... You, you never thought No, no, ever. no. So there was, a, there was a period of time where I think it was during, um, during university that I kind of... I really started to kind of, you know, speak to myself in the way that, you know okay, you're gay, you are gay. So I got to the point where I was able to say it to myself and I did say it to myself quite often, like, you know, verbally, outwardly, so I could hear it through my ears rather oh, really? than just in my head. So you were just like in, in your room on your own. Did you move away from home? Yeah, yeah, so I went to, I went to um, Stoke, okay. Staffordshire University. I think that makes a big difference. I think so. And that, you know, for me, that was, that was my opportunity to meet some gay people i mean i knew i, I knew some that. gay people already but they were f they were friends so again i wasn't ready yet to kind of to talk about that to anyone yeah. whether you know whether my friends were gay or not i wasn't really at that point but i just thought you know i can go away to university i can meet loads of really cool gay people that are into really cool music <laughs> and and i met one gay person at, at university which is one andy who i spoke about earlier on and you're still mates with him I still mates with him but 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 weirdly well you know not maybe not so weirdly because i understand why i did it now um I distanced myself from Andy like as much as possible. I, I knew well, that when you first met him at university, I knew that he was really cool. You know, he was one of these cool gays that, that I'd want to meet. And I was, you know, really looking forward to, to meeting. But, you know, he was the only person at university that I knew was was out. And I still wasn't ready to be out myself. So I kind of distanced myself from him because obviously he would know he would out me. He'd, He'd tell everyone you else, you know, his gaydar would be switched on and. And yeah, and it's really sad thinking back, you know, because, you know, me and Andy are really good friends now, but I'm, I missed out, I think, on a really decent chunk of our friendship at mm. university. You know, uni's amazing and, you know, it's, it's a brilliant time. And to think that I kind of stepped back a little bit from that friendship is, is quite sad, I think. Do you think he would have, I mean, you had a perception, you had a fear of how he would act. What, would he have done that? No, no, completely okay. and utterly like not. That's no, good. I that's think good. any, I think anyone, you know, so Andy was out at university and I think anyone that's been through that experience of realizing that you're LGBT and then coming out and then sharing that and going through those same anxieties would never like out someone or even, you know, question someone to their face, you know, and, and having conversations with my friends now, um, I know that they all had their kind of, um, they all guessed that I might be gay and that I might come out one day. You know, none of them have ever said to me that they knew mm. because they didn't know because I hadn't told them, but they, you know, they thought that I might. And none of them pushed me. None of them pressured me. They didn't kind of, you know, try and instigate a situation where I'd, I'd be out. You know, they, if they thought that they knew, they, they left me to it and waited until I was ready to talk to them. So I had, a, I had an experience, um, I started working at, this is how glamorous my life is. I started working at Argus um, in Elshu. I love Argus. <laughs> Sponsored by Argus. I started working at Argus when, um, just before university actually. Um, and there was a guy there who I recognized from the previous time I'd worked at Argus. A couple of years back, I was just like a Christmas temp and didn't get caught. I didn't get, um, didn't, didn't get asked to stay on. But I remember when I first met him at the Watford store, he was out, he was in a relationship, and he was confident. He wasn't hiding his sexuality. I was. And I was so, so intimidated by him that I couldn't even talk to him until a few years later when I'd grown confident a little bit. 
still wasn't out. But, you know, as you get older, you get a little bit of confidence. So I remember we were all at one of our workmates' house and we were just um, sort of chilling out on a Saturday night and conversation turned to gay. And this guy just turned to me and he just said, Rob, you know, we all know you should just come out. You should just come out. And my God, I just wanted the fucking floor to open up and swallow me whole. It was devastating. They, after I left, they had a fucking massive go at him. But it's devastating to do that. It's horrible. Yeah, I think it's just, I think, you know, the intentions might be might be good. And I think, you know, I, whether you think that helped you to come out or not, I don't know. No. But, but <laughs> no, I, no, think, I, not. <laughs> I think sometimes the intentions can be really, really good. And I, and I think that, you know, if as a friend or family member, you, you want to, you know, let that person know that you probably have got an inclination that they might be lgbt uh, there's there's better ways of going around it than that you know just talking positively about gay people is 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 enough i think and you know if i knew the group of friends that i had um back in burton um we were quite a mixed group and you know there were some gay people in the group straight people in the group so i, I always knew i think deep down that it wouldn't really be a problem but you, you know you do very much make it about you it's that but, point of no return that's incredibly scary yeah I remember I've got I've got a good friend called Joshua and we met actually we met on the AOL chat rooms in the film ones because we're both film film geeks and we we moved the conversation over to MSN I'm really showing my age so we moved really the conversation are. over to MSN and I remember I said to him because I was out by then and he was sort of tentatively you know put one one foot out one foot in and I said to him you know you if you come out it's fine nothing is set in stone you can you know change not change your mind but you can just say to people actually i actually feel i'm the other way now or i'm smack bang in the middle um i think people need to realize that nothing is set in stone um we're kind of living in an age now where because we tweet so much and we facebook and we instagram so much that people take that as 100 percent gospel truth it's not it's all bullshit yeah, and our lives are documented now, yeah. and like, and they wouldn't. Our lives were never documented, um, and I think you know when you when you look back to when we were you know younger and around the age that I was kind of, you know, realizing that I was gay at that time, whatever you said was kind of carved in stone mm. because that's all you really had to go on. We didn't have Facebook profiles, we didn't have status updates, we didn't have you know Twitter bios, so. It was the things that you said, uh, you know, we didn't write letters. So we were kind of like in that in-between <laughs> Yeah, we're not stage. that old. <laughs> so it was, you know, what you said kind of went. And so it was a big step, I think, you know, mm. getting to the point where you're ready to to tell this thing to people. So I, I interrupted you before. You you were sitting in, in a room telling yourself that you're gay. Yeah. And I think that was the only way that I could really... Um, I guess come to terms with it myself really just kind of hearing those words you were literally saying it out loud yeah to yeah i mean i must have sounded really weird to any of my housemates that that were listening at the time oh wow so people in the house as well yeah so i, I had um the bedroom down obviously at university you have a, any rooms a bedroom because obviously it makes yeah. the rent cheaper for everyone <laughs> yeah. so my bedroom was right near the living room so i remember um yeah i remember you know lying on my bed um you know, just telling myself, okay, like you're going to be graduating soon. You're going to be going back home. 
what are you going to do? Like you're, you're gay, so are you going to come out or are you going to stay in? And I remember telling myself, well, that, well I'm not going to come out. Like, that's it. I go home. I don't tell anyone. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I didn't think life would be really awful by going home and staying in the closet. I mm. didn't. I, I, I just thought, you know, I would just have to put up with occasionally sitting in bed at night and, you know, getting upset and frustrated about the fact that I couldn't be out. But I didn't think I didn't think at that time that it would really affect my life. I just thought, okay, well, it's just really sad that I'm not ever going to be able to come out. But, you know, this is just what I'm going to do. So it's weird, isn't it? Because like no now it fundamentally would have made oh, my life really it. It shit. Yeah. I I always think back I mean, it's a point I made before when I said when I asked you if you left London, uh, if you left home to go to university, I remember when I was thinking about where I wanted to go for university, my only criteria was it had to be away from home because if I'd stayed at home, I would never, ever have come out. I was so, so repressed and so miserable and um, really actually depressed because it, you know, you feel like a whole weight pushing down on you. And it's it's kind of it's kind of your own doing, but as a result of just the way that society is, that you can't be yourself. But I knew as soon as if I got to university, I could at least hold a conversation with someone about being mm. gay. I would have had that support. I knew there were gay societies. Um, I knew that there were gay clubs. But growing up in Jewish suburbia, there's nothing. Yeah, and I think I completely agree. I, I don't think. For me, it wasn't that I needed to kind of, I didn't need to escape home or anything like that. I think for me, I just needed to, and I guess, you know, this links back to, to the whole point of the of the, of the the charity and the website. It's about, for me at the time, it was about wanting to meet people who were gay and happy and finding out how the hell they got there. Like how, you know, were they like me at one time? Or, you know, I had this perception that, there was two types of, of gay people. Uh, when I say gay, obviously, I, you know, I mean LGBT. But at the time for me, it was, you know, I was focused on me and, 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 and me being gay. And for me, there were two types of people. There were the happy gays that you see on TV and there were the miserable gays that you see on TV. So happy gays are... Happy gays are, you know, people that you see presenting Saturday Night TV who, okay. so, are, you know, everyone so loves them. Like John Inman or yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham Norton, that kind of thing. You know, Dale then. Winton. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, these are people that you see on TV. They're successful. They're happy. They're obviously comfortable with who they are. And they're very, very popular. People mm. love them. And then you have the unhappy gays who you read about in newspapers who kill themselves and get beaten up and, you know... Um, are obviously not happy gays. Yeah. And I thought that you just, you know, you fall into one of those camps. So if you're a happy gay, you're always a happy gay and you come out really young and people accept you and you're confident. And if you're an unhappy gay, you always remain an unhappy gay. I didn't realize that these people are the same people. It's just a, it's just a process. It's a journey. So for me, it the what the website does perfectly well in my opinion because it's about sharing real stories is it shows that that time in the middle so what happens between someone being an unhappy gay and a happy gay well it's life and it's coming out that's what happens and it happens to all of us and to be able to read that 
every happy gay started off miserable. <laughs> not not every, but lots of happy gays started off feeling not that great, maybe, mm. about themselves. Um, you know, because I know coming out for some people isn't really a problem and, and there's no drama to it. Um, but for a lot of people, it is. And, and for those people that are struggling now to read those experiences and realize that, okay, yes, you know, I am unhappy now, but I won't always have to be unhappy, I think is, you know, really powerful and something that, you know, as LGBT people, we've all got the power to do by by talking openly about about, you know, those experiences because we don't. We don't re- revisit bad times, do we? Like, why no, would we? No, no, exactly. You know, why would you? You come out, things miserable. are great, and then, okay, well, I don't need to worry anymore. Mm. It's fine. And that's what I did. I didn't constantly think, okay, I'm out now, and all my friends like me, and my family like me. Isn't that good? But now I'm going to dwell on how miserable I was for the six years before this point mm. in my life. Of course you don't do that. But I think, you know, it's worth revisiting that, that point in your life. And everyone that's written their story has done that. And, you know, some have found it really emotional. Some have found it, you know, really kind of quite, you know, inspiring from a personal point of view. And yeah, you know, so as well as the website supporting people that aren't out yet, I think it's really, really cathartic to people, for people to to sit and write their story as well. It definitely was for me. It took me about a year to write mine. Really? Yeah, yeah. It oh, took wow. me ages. It took me ages. I kept starting and stopping and realizing things about, you know, like growing up and realizing that my friends you know, orchestrated things maybe that I didn't realise at the time. Orchestrated good or bad? Or? Good. So, like, you know, when we, we were all at different universities and we used to visit each other. <clears throat> so my friend Ian was in Manchester. So a load of us went to see him and we ended up in Canal Street one night. And, you know, I look back and I think, well, why would we have gone there? Like, you know, it was <laughs> clearly because of me, you know. And, you know, now I can be the one that demands we go there. But, yeah. you know, before there was no other reason other than, you know, them thinking show you a world yeah and you know there's little things like that where you look back and think okay you know my friends were really good they you know they they were perfect they did everything they should have done and you know I went back and had conversations with friends like going oh I didn't really realize this I've not thought about this you know thanked some people for like the way they act they acted and made it easy for me and yeah you know it sounds quite kind of you know all about you and kind of you know quite a selfish process to go through but it's not it's just about you realizing that actually it's not it's not an easy process to go through and and of course not it's we we grew up kind of either subtly or quite actively being told you are one way Mm. and the other way is would i say shameful I might, yeah, I might, I might use the word shameful. It's shameful to be the other way, not someone sitting you down and saying you can't be gay. But if someone's saying you've got to be X, and you're thinking, but I'm Y, and in your head thinking, so I must be damaged, I must be wrong. It's incredibly stressful. So I, th- I think it's perfectly okay for people to be completely selfish during their coming out period. You have to think of number yeah, one. And that's, you know, that's, I've given that advice before in, in an interview I did. You know, it's, it's and, you know, you took the words out of my mouth, really. It's perfectly fine to be selfish. You know, it's not about making that experience better or more manageable for other people. It's, it has to be about you because mm. as soon as you start considering what other people are going to think and what other people are going to say, then it's, you know, it, it's taken away from that personal experience, which ultimately it, it has to be about you. It's you're the one that's going through it. So it's about making making things as safe and, and secure and 
and you know is is easy for you i think more than anyone else do you remember the the moment where you thought ah i am completely out now um no i because I, I don't think i'm at that point yet really yeah because i still think that i think we come out all the time um when we meet new people, I mean, I'm, you know, I work at Stonewall, I run an LGBT support website, a lot of my friends are gay, a lot of the networking events I go to are, are full of LGBT people. So I guess for me, I find that I'm coming out, I'm having to come out less and less, but there's always situations that come up where I'm, you know, where I'm not out. So I have to out myself. So, you know, for instance, I, I, I've booked, um, booked a holiday for me and my me and my boyfriend in July. Showing off now. To Barcelona. <laughs> um, w- I won the holiday, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you won it through... Guess on news. Guess yeah, on yeah. News. Okay, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> when I registered the details, it was, you know, I put um, Mr. Wayne Desi um, and put my boyfriend's name. And I've had the confirmation come back. And they've ch- decided to change my name, obviously, because two two men obviously can't share a bedroom. So they've, you know, I can imagine the thought process this has to be wrong. The person that's filled this in clearly has got it wrong. They've, they've got their name wrong. So they've, <laughs> so they've, so now I'm Mrs. And my name Mrs. is Wayne. Miss, no, no, no. Mrs. Desi Wayne. So my name is now Mrs. Desi Wayne. Oh. So I know I'm going to have to call the hotel up and you know, it sounds, I'm, I don't mean this to sound like I'm going to struggle doing this or it's going to be hard for me, but I am going to have to come out. Mm. I'm going to have to say, Oh, it's a fucking, this bugger. is wrong. Yeah. You know, it is me, you know, I am male and I am going to be sharing that bed with my boyfriend. Mm. So please, can you change that to Mr. and Mr.? So, you know, it that's no real hardship for me, but it's annoying. It's yeah. kind of frustrating. And, you well, know, it's, it's, a, it's a default, it's a default setting that people have. It's their mindset. It's a default yeah. setting that the world that we live in is a straight world. Exactly. And everyone is a visitor and, you know, the visitors should take their shoes off when you come into the house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But really, you know, we don't live in a straight world. We live in a world where people are gay, people are smack bang in the middle, or people are born in the wrong body. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset that people have got to get themselves out of. Exactly. And I think the more visibility we have, you know, the more um, the LGBT people are, are visible, whether that's in the media, in politics, you know, in, in, in sport, I think the the more chance we have of us getting to that point where it's not the default setting. And and actually, does it does it even matter whether we put, whether we're Mr, Mrs, Miss, whatever? Like, mm. it makes absolutely no difference just because the way, you know, it's always been the way that you put your title down. We're used to that. So we feel like we have to do that. But actually, like, what purpose does that serve? The hotel knowing whether there's going to be two men or two women, like, does it make any difference to the way they're going to At the end of the day, it's still profit for them. Or, I, I was asked a question the other day for an article um, about, um, about coming out. Will people always have to come out? And, you know, for me, it's a very easy answer. Yes, of course, people will always have, have to come out. Mm. As long as society assumes that people are straight, then by kind of going against that and saying I'm gay, then that's that's coming out. So, so yeah, people will, will have to come out. I had a conversation with a woman I've known for four years the other day. And I, I must have made some, I don't know what I, I don't know what I referenced, but her response was, you're gay. I was like, Joe, how long have you known me? I've, yeah. Have you, have you, have you never spoken to me before? Have you never, you know, if I've, I've, I've grabbed a magazine, you know, attitude or gay times. Yeah. yeah. Have you never heard me speak about I've, that I've shot for gay times in the past? It, it's just, 
crazy. The it is, but it's, I think it's, crazy. it's, you know, you've got to realise that, like, I mean, and you do realise, obviously, that, you know, we're we're not there yet. You know, we're not mm. at a point where when you meet someone, they they ask, have you got a partner rather than have you got a girlfriend? Like, you know, lots of people do, lots of organisations do and workplaces and lots of bosses and teachers. And, you know, they're, they're kind of getting used to the idea that, you know, we shouldn't make assumptions, but we're not there yet where everyone feels that that's the right thing to do and, you know, don't make assumptions. But, you know, we, we're definitely getting there. I think I think we know that we are, but, you know, it's it's definitely harder in, in certain towns and villages. And obviously when we think internationally as well, you know, the struggles that are going on around the world are, are kind of on a completely different scale to, you know, someone changing your name to Mrs. because they can't comprehend two men sharing a bed, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm I'm it's important to put it into context, I think. Do you do you get a lot of visits on the site from areas in the world that have incredibly old school attitudes to yeah i mean so the traffic the the majority of hits come from um the uk um and then america and then countries like germany uh, france new zealand australia so i guess the countries that you would you would imagine we get lots of hits from from india um we've had visitors from russia Mm. um you know lots of hits from china and um, so li- all over the world like literally all over the world that's great which is yeah it's weird to think that you know there's going to be there's someone sitting you know 12 hours away on a plane somewhere reading a story that someone's written and you know in their flat in manchester and that's helping them some way it's but it's amazing you know it's it's brilliant it's, because it's very of now it's very of the now moment yeah you can do that yeah and i, th- I just think it's also you know it's 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 it kind of transcends like language and you know obviously the stories are written in in english yeah. so to a certain extent the stories are kind of relative to a particular audience but the experience is something that doesn't change you know no matter where you are where did the need to help people come from um i mean i think it's like in all of us really i think we're all kind of quite I think we're all selfless as as human beings, fundamentally, don't you? Or um, it depends who you ask. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it depends who we're talking about. I've met some pretty selfish people who, I, I mean, I, I won't name names because okay. I'm so professional. But I've I've met. I work in the creative industry, so I've met yeah. people who might be putting out that they want to help people, but really it's for their own benefit. Okay. But there are people who are genuinely selfless, people who actually do want to make a difference. I would actually put you in that category. You, you work, you know, you've, you've worked with, uh, you've been a youth worker for years. You work for Stonewall. You run Are You Coming Out? So there's definitely a, a, a strain in your life that points to wanting to improve other people's lives. Yeah, that seems to I'd, be your mission. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I, but I, you know, I would. I would also say that when you know that something you're doing is helping people, that can feel quite nice and quite good. So in you know in in a selfish way, it's kind it's of selfless. It's, yeah, it's kind <laughs> of fulfilling that need uh, for me to feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. So you know, and I also love the whole process of of doing the, the website as well. Mm. I, I'm a really nosy person. Like I love reading about other people's stories and lives and, you know. You like true life. Yeah. You know, I'd much rather watch 
I don't know, making a murderer on Netflix than, <laughs> you know, Harry Potter. Like, I, I love... I you've love, done the whole... You've done it all, haven't you? I've done all of it, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm up yeah. to episode three. Yeah, I, I mean, I did five episodes on Christmas Eve and five episodes on Christmas Day, oh. so... That's a happy hooked. Christmas. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it's, you know, it's, would I do it if I didn't enjoy it? Well, probably not. No, because, you know, life ultimately is about doing things that, that drive you forward and fulfill you. And, you know, I guess, luckily, the things that I'm doing with, with I coming out, I, that they're helping people, but I absolutely love it. Like, absolutely love it. It's, have you, it's have brilliant. you had feedback? Yeah. People? So it took a while. So, and I always knew that. I knew that the nature of the site, and you know, initially I set the website up to help younger people. So it was to help, you know, I was I was working as a youth worker. So, you know, in my head it was going to be kind of 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds that were going to be looking at this at this website. You know, I've since found out that, you know, guys in their thirties and, you know, like women in their forties read the site. You know, I've I had a guy in his seventies email me saying wow. that it's really helped him. Um, but he's, the, he's come out yeah 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 that's amazing but it was at the time it was it was for me it was you know i was i was a youth worker i was doing lots of work in schools and that was why i, I set the website up um but i always knew in that respect the feedback would take a long time to come because if i'm setting up this website that's one-sided and it's about people taking a little look when they can and then logging off they're, they're definitely not going to sit down and write me the founder of it an email and yeah. say oh by the way i'm not ready to be out yet but i just want to thank you for this you know yeah. it's so it took a while, but then, yeah, the emails started, you know, started coming in and they, you know, they come in all the time. And, you know, what I do, I, I look at the comments as well at the bottom of, of every story. And, you know, I read one the other night that said, um, so the story has been on there about a year, this particular story, but whose story was it? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember which one. Um, I'm a bit obsessed. I go on quite a lot and look yeah. at the comments just to see what people are saying. Also, it's really important that I take away any homophobic, like negative comments as well. Because you, you can delete them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no, re- that, you know, that's not what the website's about. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not open to debate. Well, it, it's, it's just safe. It should yeah, be a safe exactly. place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the comments said, uh, you know, I've I've known that I, I was gay for a while. Um, I, I've just read your story. Um, I feel a lot better about my life now than I did like 10 minutes ago. And that is amazing to know that's that, amazing. you know, and that's not something I've done. You know, they're not, not my words. They're someone sat down, shared their coming out story, which potentially might have been quite painful for them to revisit that and go through that whole experience. They've sent that to me. I've put that on the website and someone's read that. And in some way, it's made their life better. It's kind of made them feel more positive about who they are which is amazing. You know, I've, I've had emails from people saying, you know, I've read some stories on your website and then I went back and read some more and and now I'm out. Now I've come out. Someone emailed me and said, I came out to my mum last night. I wouldn't have done that without the website. So yeah, it's brilliant. And when you when you get to a point where you know that, that you know, like I said, something that you're responsible for um, is making such a difference. It's it, obviously it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes me proud of you know everyone that's written stories that's awesome for the site um what do you think people's coming out journey is going to be like in let's say the next five years the next 10 years honestly i think i would like to think obviously it it depends where in the world you know you are but i would like to think that it would be slightly easier but but ultimately i don't think certain things will change very much i think that the feeling of um knowing you're different in some way because you know let's be honest it's always you're always going to feel like you're different in some way um 
is always going to be really powerful and quite scary. So I think to a certain extent, that will always be there for people that are going through that experience. But, you know, going back to what we what we spoke about earlier on about um, as a society making it more comfortable for LGBT people to be and to come out, I think if that, you know, s- progresses in the way that it, that it is, it should be a lot easier for people to feel like they belong. Whereas, you know, when when I was coming out, I didn't really necessarily feel that. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I don't want that to sound really negative, but I think, you know, we can look at coming out as a societal issue or we can look at it on an individual basis. Mm. And I think any kid growing up today feeling that they might be LGBT will have a lot of those same feelings that we had when we were growing up because it's a very personal experience, depending on their family and their upbringing and, you know, the type of school they go to and the friends that they have. Um, you know, whatever situation you're born into, it's it's a, ch- it's a challenge because it's something that not everyone has to go through. Yeah. I, f- I find I f- the guys, the young guys that I come into contact with who were born, let's say, 1990 and onwards, actually usually probably about 20 years ago, so yeah. mid-90s, I, I always I always ask them sort of so when did when did you come out? They said, well, I didn't really. I just I was just never in. I find that I find that so amazing. I find that so just wonderfully positive that they didn't feel the need to come out. They didn't feel the need to to sort of sort of correct any information. It was just a case of confirming it. It's just a case of saying, oh, actually no, you know, I, I was with this guy. And their parents are like, all oh, right, okay. I think I think it speaks volumes to how far we actually have come. It's in this country, um, especially. Uh, yeah, I th- I think so. And I think it's just you know it's it's that progression, isn't it? It's that you know, and with social media and the way that we that we share our experiences now, we're we're naturally we're going to hear more of those types of stories as well. Um, but we also hear more of the negative stories as well. So you know, when I was at school, there was a few people that were out, and you know, from from what I saw, they were never in. Um, I think it's just that we're we're able to sh- kind of share those stories a little bit more now, you know, with with Twitter and Facebook and and YouTube, especially, you know, coming out videos are, are massive on on YouTube. Um, Thanks, Mr. Daly. Yeah, I think that was wonderful that he he decided to do it that, do it that way. Yeah, I mean, I you know, to be honest, I thought that was an absolutely like just the perfect coming out video. I thought it was brilliant, and you know, it really kind of upset me reading all the kind of negative like attention that that got you know from the gay community as well i have to say and very often that's where you know a lot of the criticism comes from um you know who cares like we all knew like that's that yeah i I can't bear when people say well we all knew you didn't know you didn't know because i didn't know yeah yeah and also you can't know something unless someone has confirmed it to you so you know i'll always say this no one knew i was gay until i told them they might have thought I was, but they never knew. So, you know, that's for me, that's a big, big no-no. Like to say to someone, well, we, all, we already knew, I just think that's quite offensive because it's it's suggesting that someone else knows something about you before you did. And I don't know, I think it's quite belittling. It's yeah, not it very completely positive. undermines the struggle that person's gone through yeah. and the courage that they've had to actually step out of the closet. Exactly. I mean, there's one thing saying, you know, um, we knew that you might have been struggling with something and you know i knew that you might have been going through some you know emotional kind of difficulty mm. that's fine because that's probably true but you don't know someone's lgbt until they tell you so it's just, it's just trolling 
Yeah. Fucking trolling. That's what the internet's created. Um, so there's going to be a book. There is going to be a book. Yeah. So um, so now we've got um, official charity status, which we um, managed to get in January. Uh, we're able to kind of push forward now with our next activity. So the website will always be the main forum for sharing stories. Um, but I've always had this idea of doing this this book. Um, so we're I'm in the process now of collecting around about 50 coming out stories. Some of them will come from the website. They might be slightly edited. They might be updated. Um, some people that wrote stories three years ago might not be with the same partners that they talk about in their story. <laughs> so we might have to, you know, change some details. Uh, but so also, it's, it's not just going to be famous people in the book. No, 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 no. So the there might be there Joe, might be Joe and Jane blogs. Yeah, yeah, there might be a few celebs, maybe. But it's you know, it it depends whether they've got a good story. Yeah. really. So, um, so yeah, so that will be really exciting for me actually to to email some of the people that put stories up in in 2012 and 2013 just to see how you know their lives have, have changed. So we'll, we'll do some stories that are updated. We'll do some brand new stories as well. Um, potentially a few kind of essays. Um, like thrown in there as well from from certain members of the community um we're hoping that that will come out around about april may time and it's going to be in the bookshops or no so initially we're gonna um self-publish so we raised a lot of money at the party last year Mm -hmm. which you very kindly took our photographs at which was amazing (laughs) um so we raised some you know a decent amount of money which will pay for a few thousand copies of that to be printed so the first kind of um the first run will be it will feel much more like a resource for school and it will be very you know appropriate for a school environment um and we'll encourage it'll be nice and big so pages can be folded photocopied um you know we'll encourage teachers to use it as a resource and a you know a kind of discussion aid as well so that will go that will be sent to schools free of charge and people can also go on the website donate some money and you know that money will go towards buying further copies of the book and sent out to schools as well. So you can, I, I could go on to the website and I could gift a copy to my old school. To your old school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm actually going to do that. You can, yeah, yeah, it'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to do that because I went to two faith schools. Okay. And I, I, I really do think that they would benefit from something like and that. And, you know, there will be the, the challenge for me now is to make sure that those 50 stories, you know, our community is so rich and diverse and, and beautiful to get, a, a rep, an accurate representation of that in 50 stories is going to be a challenge but there will definitely be stories in there from people who identify as lgbt and are also people of faith mm. which i think is very important and lgbt history month this year next month is you know about faith as well so so yeah there'll be stories from from lots of different types of people um you know some of them will be stories where maybe things didn't go quite to plan or as well i think it's important to kind of show an accurate representation of, of the coming out experience but obviously you know fundamentally the aim of the book is to make young people feel that it isn't you know it's not as scary as they think and and yeah and get people talking about lgbt people um more and then the and then what we will do is try and get get the book published and and available on amazon and in shops for people to buy so the book's coming up the next thing to happen is the launch party another one it's a launch party yeah, yeah. i mean it's we don't really you to know ce- we, to celebrate the yeah so so the last party was was a party to celebrate the fact that we'd sent an application into the charities commission <laughs> no, but you made a you, you got a, a big chunk of change which yeah is, yeah which we, going towards the book we raised about five grand at that at that party which was amazing and who performed uh so we had gabrielle dreams um, can come true they can come true yeah <laughs> um i had a bit of a moment when gabrielle performed 
yeah, you know, grew up listening to her. Absolutely amazing. She's a massive supporter of, of Are You Coming Out? Um, and we had Joe McAldry, mm-hmm. who shared um, his coming out story um, with James Ingham, the um, showbiz reporter. Um, he did an interview with him before the party. Um, and we had um, Andrea Fostini from X Factor. Yep. I was trying to think of his name. We had Marcus Collins. We had Marcus Collins was there. Uh, we had Alicia Dixon turned up uh, with her boyfriend. We had uh, Kelly Maloney. We had Charlie Condu. Uh, uh, lots and lots of people. Week? Sorry? Who was that last one? Charlie Condu. Charlie Condu. Uh, it was in Carnation Street. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Very fine actor. He yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots and lots of people. Had Kiki Archer, the um, lesbian fiction author. Had Adele Roberts from Radio 1, Jamie Hensley from Union J. It was brilliant. It was a really, really oh, good night. he hosted night. it, didn't he? He hosted, he hosted with it Adele, with, with Adele Roberts with Adele. from Radio yeah. 1, yeah. Um, see, I didn't get to see the actors. You didn't, I didn't yeah. Because I was upstairs. Well, I, I got to see Gabrielle. We need to look at that this time, don't we? I know, it's fine. Should we put a monitor upstairs so you can can (laughs) see what's going on? Have you got people confirmed? Um, Janet Jackson? No one one confirmed. (laughs) So, so yeah, so we've had to change the night of the party because Janet Jackson's performing at the O2. She's doing the... The, 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 the O2, O2. Okay. yeah, yeah. Because she's still filming. Not the O2 shop no, because she's on Stratham Hill. No, an arena. Yeah, yeah. She's not done anything. So I, I put the date out and, you know, my phone went went crazy. You can't have it on that night, Janet Jack. And, no and ga- you know what? Would be it no would games. be empty. There'd be like tumbleweeds like blowing through the RVT. <laughs> so yeah, so it's um, April the 21st um, at the RVT, legendary gay venue in South London. Royal Vauxhall um, Tavern. Yeah, absolutely brilliant venue. Tickets are priced at? Um, we've not launched tickets yet. Launched tickets no, yet. No, 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 no. So all that's going to come very soon um and yeah it's exciting so the pressure's on because you know every event we've done has been really well received it's really felt like you know there's been a real family feel in there everyone gets what we're doing and everyone's mm-hmm. there for, for the same reason so yeah the pressure's well, on to make it through exactly that. i mean i mean there's a lot of a lot of gay events where it's almost like the cause is ref- is helping people at the other end yeah, of yeah. the journey we've all we all started at point A and we've yeah. all gone on to our own points in the future. Yeah. We all started at point A. And I think that's why are you coming out has kind of hit a nerve. Exactly. And that, you know, that's why I, it's a support site for LGBTQ people. Mm. So, and you know, when we say Q in are you coming out, we don't mean queer, we mean questioning. So, you know, it can be people who identify as LGBT or actually people that don't know yet and they're questioning. And I think that's really important because, for me, from when I was 15 to when I came out at 21, so, uh, you know, at 15, I kind of pretty much knew, I think, but didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it until I went off to university. But until 15 to 21, I was in this weird kind of middle ground of knowing, pretty much knowing that I wasn't straight, but still not at the point where I was happy to say that I was gay or comfortable identifying as gay. So it's kind of this, I kind of call A it limbo. like gay limbo. Yeah. yeah. And... And that is where I think, you know, are you coming out helps. I think it helps those people that are in that kind of period of their life. And for some people, it might be a few months, you know, which which is amazing. But for others, it's, you know, I know for others, it's years. It's, you know, people realizing their sexuality when they're 14, 15, 16. And in some cases, never coming out or coming out in their 50s or 60s. And, you know, which is really sad. But, you know, hopefully things things are changing and, you know are you coming out can can help in some way and i think it, I, I think it fucking will <laughs> you can, good and you can print out on a t-shirt good <laughs> um so we're gonna end as i always do with a quiz oh what? it's a strenuous link so okay coming can out have some water first? you can have some water you're gonna need water for this quiz coming out you come out the closet 
Yeah. Ikea make closets. Right. So this quiz is, I got this offline. This is called Ikea or Death. I'm going to give you a name. Right. Is it the name of an Ikea furniture? I'm going to be good at this. Or is it the name of a death metal band? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. You might have to spell them. I'll spell them. Okay. Absu. So A-B-S-U. Absu. Ikea. It's a death metal band. What? That's a zero to start with. What? (laughs) Craft. That's definitely Ikea. It's definitely a death metal band. No, no, no. This isn't right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Third one. Third one. Um, I have to spell this because I can't pronounce it. V-I-T-T-S-J-O. Vitzjo. Okay. That's Ikea. It's an Ikea shelving unit. Shelving unit. Yeah, I knew that. Say Billy. Um, Billy. I know that one. Billy? Billy Bookcase. Ikea. Really? Yeah. That's a that's a death metal band. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Akakok. So, sorry, what was that? Akakok. Could you spell that, please, and use it in a sentence? I'm joking about that. Because <laughs> then that will give it spell away. It, spell it. <laughs> um, A-K-E-R-C-O-C-K. Okay, um, that's not Ikea. That can't be Ikea. It's a death metal band. There we go. What have I got? Two? Two out of four? You got two out of four? Okay. Um, Clubbo. Um, Ikea. You sure? Yeah, definitely. What makes you so sure? Because, hang on, spell it again. K-L-U-B-B-O, Clubbo. Yeah, Ikea. It's a stain-resistant, easy-to-clean table. Bastig. That's Ikea as well. How do you know? Because I love Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) It's a kitchen drawer handle that is buckle, that is, sorry, nickel-plated. It changed it to buckle for some strange reason. Autocorrect. <laughs> um, Bohol men. Okay, spell that. B O H O L M E N. Bohol men. Okay, I'm gonna say IKEA. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I'm gonna say IKEA. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It sounded like you're gonna say something. <laughs> yeah. Else. No, it did sound like that. <laughs> I think I, it. I was gonna say IKEA, but I'm. I think say. from from the run, it, I sh- I feel like I should swap now because we've had two IKEAs in a row. But I'm gonna stick with IKEA. Are you sure? Yeah. I can give you a couple of seconds. No, 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 no. Ikea. Yeah? Yeah. It's a stainless steel kitchen sink, complete with strainer. I knew that bit. Yeah, yeah, the strainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brilliant. I did all right. What did I get? You got like three or four. What do I win? This water. Can I take it with me? You can have these cookies, actually. I bought cookies for us, but I never offered you them. Amazing. Because I've had three of them. Thanks. (laughs) Do you want... There should be five in there. Thanks. There's three. Um, Wayne, thank you. Thank you. This is how we always end this podcast. I've been Robert Gershenson. I've been Wayne Desi. Shoot you later.